0: Welcome to the Recognizing Potential Podcast. This is the podcast to hear authentic stories of marriages that have gone from ashes to excellence, tips to improve your own marriage, definitely some hard truths, and experts in fields that will help you navigate the good, the bad, and the in-between of marriage. I'm your host for the show, Cameron Thompson Alariki. I'm the wife to Mo, who is a pilot, so we do talk a lot about aviation on here. And Mo and I have Mason, who is a teenager, and Zane, who is a toddler. I'm an Enneagram 2 with a one wing, a former public school teacher turned Gottman certified marriage coach, an avid self-improvement reader, a homeschool mom, and traveling is an absolute must for our family. That being said, this podcast is set up as if you and I were old friends, sitting together, drinking coffee in a coffee shop, and vulnerably talking about life together. So you'll definitely hear about my boys, my marriage, and my life's adventures of all the things that I just mentioned. If improving your marriage, authenticity, and growth are your jam as much as they are mine, you are definitely in the right place and I couldn't be more excited to have you here. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode, leave a review, and don't forget to share to your socials so that more people can better their marriage along with you. Thanks for listening and let's jump into this week's episode. Okay guys, this week's guest is one of my own personal heroes. And if you have children, if you're thinking about having children, if you are in the stages or in the throes of sleep deprivation and trying to figure out how to deal with bedtimes and connection with your spouse and managing all of that, she's going to be your personal hero too. Maggie Chapman is the mom of two she lives in colorado and is also a fellow pilot wife and she is an academic advisor at cu boulder and she is a pediatric sleep specialist so in today's episode we get down and dirty with all of the things on sleep infancy toddlers um after toddlerhood how to transition your toddler to a a toddler bed after a crib um you know how coaching for sleep pediatrics works we talk about all of it and there are a lot of marriage nuggets in here too how to better your marriage throughout this stage of life what does that look like and how to make it happen maggie is so wise and just absolutely lays it all out on the line does not hold any of the secrets back and i am so excited to welcome her hey y'all before we get started on this week's episode i have to tell you about the date box now you know that i never share anything i haven't already tried and i'm ridiculously picky about what i attach my name and brand to but as a certified marriage coach one of the things that i'm most passionate about is connection The more connected you and your partner are, the less conflict you're going to have, the less relationship stress you're going to have, and the more partnership, closer friendship, deeper emotional, and better physical intimacy you're going to have, which leads to a stronger relationship overall. And that's why I've partnered with Happily. Happily understands, like I do, that finding a sitter, matching schedules, or living somewhere with a lot of new things to do may be a challenge. And sometimes you just want to have a date at home in your comfy pants. Am I right? Happily's got you. With a date box that's sent straight to your door, there's no excuse not to have at least one night of customizable connection every single month. Mo and I love our date box. We've customized it to what we like to do, and he loves that there's a customized playlist that we get to listen to on Spotify for a little mood music. I love the cute new recipes that we get to bake together and enjoy as we play a game or activity that they always send us. Now, the games and activities Are actually fun and they help us get to know each other because even though we've been married for almost seven years we're not the same people that we were when we first got together so getting to know each other for who we are now keeps things fun spicy and connected and if you're struggling to plan a date with your spouse for less than it would cost you to get a sitter and go out let happily take care of the planning for you just go to the happily.co Fill out the questionnaire to customize your date box onto what you like to do. Pick how often you want a date box sent to you and type in the code divorce proof marriage, all one word for 50% off your first month. Hi. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well, thanks for asking. Yeah. Super excited to talk to you today. Yeah, Especially as I just laid my two-and-a-half-year-old down for a nap, and he's standing in his crib screaming. So. Sure is. Yay. Sure, is. sure is. Yeah. Let's talk about all the things pediatric sleep. In terms of, so I think one of the biggest things is parents that, like, you've got this baby, yep. and you come home, and you're like, all right, when do I stop? Like, I am exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage is, you know, seemingly falling apart in this season because we're exhausted and those basic needs Uh are not being met. Uh So what do you like kind of start at the beginning to what do you, what are your, your top tips for getting your child to sleep?
1: Ooh. Okay. So it depends on the age. So when, when you're just coming home from the hospital and you're, you're trying to figure this out and this is new the number one thing i can share is that you're not creating a bad habit so if you feel like you need that contact nap or you need some extra snuggles or that really really rough night they're you know they're in they they you they sleep on you or they're in your bed or like there's so many people that are like oh my gosh i did this one thing and now they're ruined they're not ruined um they really don't form a huge habit or bad habit until about three months. Um, Three months is kind of the ideal time to get a kid rolling. It's a little bit more consistent. Um, Up until really four weeks, it's just kind of survival. So trying to get you as much sleep as humanly possible. Um, The biggest thing that I can also say is that having a partner that shares in the um, responsibilities is one of the best things that you can do for your, for mom's mental health. And even if you are up breastfeeding and you're like, well, why would both of us be tired? Well, because at some point you're going to feel like you're doing it all.
0: Yeah.
1: It's very easy to start comparing when we're both really, really tired. So I tell, um, partners that you can get up and change the diaper. You can get up and get a water. You can get up and like, set the chair up. You can, whatever you do to be involved in overnight feedings will help the mom's mental state in the long run. Yes, absolutely. So those are a couple things that I would say is that they're, you know, when they're really little, like really zero to three months that it's just kind of figuring out, introducing some good strategies, introducing some like sleep on their own times that like, you introduce a crib, doesn't have to be the best thing, um, but you introduce some things that you're not expecting to be perfect and not expecting to be consistent, but it is something that you're introducing, you're teaching them something.
0: And you're just putting them in the crib for like a few minutes at a time. And like, you know, when they're fully awake and things like that, right?
1: Well, when they're little, um, when they're little, they're just so different developmentally. And so when, before they get to this like four month sleep regression, that is a huge developmental leap for them. Mm -hmm. They really, you know, you can put them to sleep a little bit differently than you can as they get older. When there's this talk of drowsy, but awake, that is a hundred percent, a great way to put a kiddo down, but then suddenly that's not going to work because developmentally they are going to shift and need to understand the different sleep cycles that they are now going through.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the information that you guys all give, you and Kendra and like the whole team gives on Instagram that you guys are constantly doing lives and reels and all these things, so much information. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because that is out there already. But, um, I do want to go back to, like the partner and having the Mm -hmm. responsibilities and sharing that because this is primarily a marriage podcast. So talking about when you, um, you know, and I will say from my own experience, so we were at Mesa, the regional, um, airlines, and if you're not aviation, you will never understand, but this is like the bottom of the barrel. Like it is You have to work your way up and it is terrible. So, yeah. So getting through that. um, And then we also, Zane was born in the middle of COVID. He was born in November of 2020. Mm -hmm. And we literally walked in the door from coming home from the hospital and Mm -hmm. Mo's phone rang. And it was Mesa saying, we just booked you for a four day trip. And I was like, "No, you, no, you tell them you cannot go." Like, yeah. I don't know who is flying right now or why they think flying is so important, but I, I just had a baby, and I am more important than all of these people right now. Like, hundred percent. I am yeah. not even not even going to be ashamed of saying that. Like, I was. Maggie, I've never been so mad before in my entire life because I knew like I was exhausted. I was healing. We had an 11 year old at the time that was also doing the bullshit that is also called online school that Uh now everybody's like, I could never homeschool because of, no, it's not the same. No, we do homeschool now. Mm -hmm. And we had a horrific experience with that virtual disaster. So So talk about like that mental health piece, because I think that is so undervalued, under talked about. And, you know, the one thing, this is one thing. So being, being that Mo is Middle Eastern, one thing that I've always found absolutely fascinating is that when a woman from a Middle Eastern culture has a baby, we're talking aunts, cousins, grandmas, like neighbors, they all come and mm-hmm. they stay at your house and they live there for like a month until they're good. Yeah. And then their postpartum depression rates are like drastically lower than what ours are in America. And it's because your job as the mom is literally to breastfeed your baby and like heal, rest, take care of yourself. That's mm-hmm. it your laundry is done, your dishes are done, your other children are fed, your, your, your husband is fed, your house is clean, all yeah. of it. And I we yeah. really lack that community and that, that like coming togetherness yeah. so much here in America.
1: Yeah. Oh, postpartum. Um, I think that community depends on, um, personalities. So, um I, if you told me right after I had both kids when I was told because I was told this you go rest i'll take care of your baby mm-hmm. immediately i start to go into my room and hear phantom crying i would hear um like oh someone else is taking care of my child i should be taking care of my child so yeah. not that i had the community and i had people there all the time and i still could not beat postpartum depression and anxiety. And when, when I would like tell my mom, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got like two hours of sleep. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, and then I got another two. And then I, so maybe I basically got six hours of sleep and she's like, no, honey, like you got three naps. You got like yeah. three yeah, naps. And when you get three naps, you're technically not connecting the sleep cycles like they need to be connected and whenever we go through all four of the sleep cycles all kinds of things happen so whenever we're in our deep restorative set um cycle we that's where like all our immunity is built um when we're in REM that's where all the memory consolidation happens that's when if you ever have nightmares or bad dreams or you probably have stress dreams or process anything that's what's happening in REM for us and when you don't go through them enough, that your body is still not healing. So your hormones are not getting the opportunity to balance themselves. That's my case mm-hmm. and my situation. Um, I was unable to breastfeed both my kids. And so pumped with my first one until about seven months. And my husband got up, got everything ready. I would pump and would feed my son. Um, with our second, we had formula and- he would still get up, change the diaper, wash the bottles, figure out how much she needed. He was just as much an expert in her feeding because there's a time when I couldn't handle all of that while my mental health and stress. Um, And so I think that when I talk to moms and I talk about sleep, I, I want them to know that that's, that's one of the things that will help you to feel better, but like, it's, it's not going to like fix it. And right. like seeking out counseling and sometimes medication, like whatever makes you feel whole is what's going to help you in that state. Yes. Um, when, that's just my situation. So we, my husband and I have been together for literally ever. So since 2004, we started dating. We we're high school sweethearts, and throughout that, the hardest part is continuing to fall in love with the person they become. And yes, that's that's really hard. And like they talk about that seven year itch, like had it married for seven years, we look at each other, we're like, "Are you happy? Am I? I I'm not happy. Are you? And like figuring that out, and that's after two kids. So you talk about Mesa. I had our daughter. And my husband moved to um, Dallas. So his job was like, cool, you, this is your first big job. Yeah, Um, You need to move to Dallas and you need to find someone to live with. And then you're going to be home. Like, and you're going to have two kids and you're going to figure it out. And he didn't say that, but that was kind of like what we had to do at the time. And I remember sitting there on the floor of the bathroom, my daughter is sick. My two-year-old is running everywhere. And I'm talking to my mom and I'm like, I'm doing every single thing, right. I'm eating pretty well. You know, I walk and I don't feel any better. And she's like, okay, so let's, let's go look at some different things. Well, creating a, like an idea of when my baby sleeps or when my baby eats helped me to categorize it and place it in like, okay, so I'm doing everything I can here. I'm going to do everything I can here. And when I talk to parents, especially newborn parents, I'm like, even if you are totally comfortable, totally comfortable being the one that gets up and feed and breastfeeding is going amazing. And I'm so happy for you. Oftentimes your partner will be asking how I can help and you yeah. might not know. And the best thing you can do is say, Hey, I just don't want to feel alone. And yes, I don't want to feel trapped in my new role that I don't really feel comfortable in. And I'm not really sure what I'm doing and I'm not confident and I'm scared. So like, I think those are the things that I try to help moms talk about too. And what's great about what we do with Rocky mountain sleeping baby and candor who started this company is that like, it's a, it's a, it's a partnership. Um, but I also work with single moms. So I still, I often work with single parents and I work with, um, families that it's not ideal. And what we always talk about is how do we, what about for those marriages that you're still solo parenting and yes. what, what does that look like? And it doesn't have to be aviation, but I work with a lot of families that like their partner is not home till 738 when yeah, law enforcement, first responder shift yeah. work.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. there's so yeah. many different options.
1: We just worked with a um, firefighter family in New York and, you know, we're talking about he he's home two days a week, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's and that's what amazing. My husband was home. He's home like random days that I need to go do, you know, my other job. And so we decided really, really early on that we needed to be a team and to figure out how to survive in this life of between us three jobs. And he had another job during COVID and like, how do we do all this? And it was always that like, there's no like specific roles, in our lives, it's only like what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. So that was a long answer. I'm so sorry. Wow. That no, it's okay. Went, I love it. Oh, I went like way on some sort of tangent. Totally right. fine.
0: Totally <laughs> fine. That's how this podcast works. It's very, you know, yeah, there is no script. There yeah. is no script. There are so oh. many podcasts that I'm like, I look at like Jenna Kutcher. I don't know if you Uh, listen to hers. She's like, oh yeah, I just um, wrote out the entire podcast. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't do any of that business. Like we just, we get in here and we just talk. Like now if it's a solo mission, I will absolutely try to like write it out because otherwise I will absolutely go off on 19 tangents and this podcast would be four hours long. So otherwise- Yeah. But if it's just, if it's, if it's me and a guest, like, absolutely. It is just off the cuff. Um, Okay. So talking about, like, I know you guys work with kids up to eight. We do. So Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those typical things that you see after about, like, two? Like, what are, what are some common things that you see Uh, how it impacts marriages? Totally uh, lack of sleep. So if, if a kid has never slept
1: and then we get to two, we're going to start seeing that toddler blade brain really jump in there. And Mm -hmm. a toddler brain is going to start figuring out how they can control the world. And Oh yeah, we're there. Yeah. Right. Sleep is one of the number one things that they are going to say, Oh, I have a look. I have some control over this. Um, kind of like when they turn one and they're like, oh, food, no, I've eaten this for a long, long time. And now, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do this. And so gosh, as they get older, a lot of times, um, parents will be at their wits end on sleep. And the hard thing about a toddler is we're usually getting to around three, we're getting out of the crib. And when we're out of the crib, that means that they're either coming into your room or they're calling out for you crying, or they're exploring the house. And so more often than not one of the parents either ends up sleeping with them or they sleep in another room with that kid or they sleep on the floor or they fall asleep with them in their room, outside the room. And really what, what happens is we're just, we're just struggling and feeling a little bit like roommates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so we're, we're tackling bedtime differently. We might disagree on bedtime. We also might have to, one of us go to bed when the kid goes to bed and then yeah. where does our connecting time come? Um, yep. So one of the things I talk to families all of the time is I'm like, okay, so the kid goes to bed at seven, seven thirty. you have until like nine, 10 to get, do whatever you want to, and still get, you know, a good, almost eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, so that, that time right there, like you can really use that time to connect with your partner. So a lot of times I say, have you, what, like, what shows are you both watching? Are you guys watching a show? If you're not, let's pick one up. Once we start getting this, Let's pick up a show that you guys have been wanting to watch together for so long and you can't because one of you is doing a separate thing every night or you're exhausted and one of you stays home and you're like, okay, here, they're yours now. You're like, okay, cool. Well, now they're we're all really exhausted and we can't communicate, hey, I don't want this because... You're like, our main priority is getting our kid to sleep because their, you know, their health and wellness is very important to all parents. And so I would say that that's the biggest thing that I see affect marriages is they don't know how to get out of a cycle of absolutely no time to connect at night.
0: Yeah, I see that too. I see that all the time. And a lot of times it's because of whatever the parent is doing it's not really working, but it's like, well, I don't really know what else to do. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm just going to keep doing this because I got nothing else. Totally. And so, yeah, that's, we work a lot of that in marriage co- uh, coaching about, you know, habits and what habits are working, what are not working. Plus um, I send my clients that are, you uh-huh. know, struggling to you because I'm yeah. like, you, you have to call Maggie, like this, this has to happen. So um, that's, uh, a couple that I just sent to you actually, mm-hmm. she, we talked about this like six months ago when they first started mm-hmm. and finally about a month and a half, two months ago, I was like, have you called Maggie? And she's like, no. And I'm like, that is your homework for the week. Like uh-huh. do not make another session until appointment until you've called Maggie, because this is like mm-hmm. the the root cause of all of your problems in your marriage are a lack of connection. And that's, you know, it's, it's just, Oh, I I cannot stress connection enough. And parents are yeah yeah, falling into these traps of, well, I have to sleep with my kid. You're letting your kid control your life. Like you have to, you know,
1: parent here. So. Yeah. And a hundred percent, like, our kids in soccer right now. And both of uh, they control our weekends. I'm like, yep. this is where we are. We can eat at four 30 or nine 30. Like yep. here we are That's when we can meet you for dinner. Um, but the bedtime routine and the consistency of all of our kids going to bed has been not only for our marriage, but for me. So when I solo parent, um, and my partner's gone or my husband's gone, like, I'm like, no, I don't want to stay up with you longer. Like I'm, I'm really at my wits end. I, need, yes. I need to reconnect with what is going to help me feel like a better, um, more healthy parent tomorrow. And that means you going to bed at seven and I have all this time, this solo time. Yes. So I tell that to families when they do this all the time. I'm like, you, what, are, what is What is one thing that brings you instant joy? And what's one thing that like brings you joy that's going to be long-term that you can work up to? Because there's going to be times in parenting when you're like, I need it now. Like, I need to know that I'm okay. I need to feel a little bit of happiness. And mine is a really good cup of coffee. And I just get that coffee and I sit there and I've done it since we've had kids. I'm like, okay, I'm going to this closet and I'm just going to sit here and drink my coffee. And I need it. I need, I need that time to not do anything else. No chores, no homework. No, like, ugh, no, just, just, I'm going to sit there. I read, I read I, and I, I drink hot read. tea. Yeah, yeah.
0: I read and I drink hot tea, but you know what? This isn't, it doesn't just stop when your kid is eight. Like we have no. a teenager now. Yeah. We have a teenager and a toddler. And let me tell you, the emotions are the exact freaking same. The exact sure same. are. yeah, like it's, it's, everything is big. Everything is dramatic. Everything is, it's all the things. Yeah. So for the toddler, the toddler goes to bed before eight and he Mm -hmm. doesn't wake up till like eight the next morning. Mm -hmm. And again, we homeschool. So like Uh it works for us, but also the teenager goes to bed Uh by like nine. He's had a nine o'clock bedtime since like third grade. And yeah. He just needs that. He is mm-hmm. that kid that needs more sleep. Mm-hmm. And I I tell him, I'm like, I don't care if you go in there and you read. I don't mm-hmm. care if you stare at the ceiling. I don't care if you literally, you know, like imagine sheep and count them. I don't care. Yeah. But you will not be with me. Like I mm-hmm. need this time to myself. And that is sacred. And then oh. if Mo's home, like we are, we're watching a show. But one thing I want, one caveat that I want to point out on that is that in America, that is typically, that is the number one thing that couples do for connection. It is. If you're not talking about the show that you're watching though, it's well, not indeed. connection.
1: No. You
0: have to be discussing the show that you're watching. Talking Mm -hmm. about the characters, you know, hey, what do you think is gonna happen? Oh, totally did not see that coming. Like things like that. If you are just watching the show to watch the show, that is not connection.
1: No, well, and there has been seasons. I mean, full transparency in my life where we did watch the show, like because that's easier than not talking. That's easier than to like you're a grump cuz you just got home i'm mad that you didn't do anything like i feel uh, whatever and so yeah we watched a show and the coolest part of our relationship is that we started long distance and for some reason now in our marriage we're still doing long distance um every you know what i did too at, every two days we're doing some sort of like two day trip three day trip that like requires us to talk on the phone like we did when we were 17 years old. Yeah. And I'm like but I totally get that. And like there are times that you're like that's easier and that's not the right answer.
0: Well, and this is why so um in my monthly membership and in coaching and stuff like all of my clients get 40 connecting questions at the beginning of the month and it's things like um what's it like to be with me it's uh Mm -hmm. because sometimes that's a hard question but needs to be answered um it's things like you know what dream have you discovered in the last year that you didn't know you had before or what's something that you know what's one of your biggest burdens in your life right now what's Mm -hmm. one of your biggest stressors that i don't know about Mm -hmm. um You know, what was something great that's happened to you in the last week that we haven't discussed? Like, it's all these different questions. And sometimes it's fun, too. Like, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? Or, you know, something like that. But these connection questions are there because a lot of times couples slip into that. Like, Mo and I started, we were long distance, too. He got stuck in Egypt for 18 months. Um, we started dating. We had been together like two weeks uh-huh. and he was like, I'm, I'm going to Egypt to get my visa renewed. I'll be back in like a month. Let's, uh-huh. you know, we'll do th- It's fine. Uh-huh. Got over there. They were like, Nope, you've had enough education. Just go get a job. Got stuck there for 18 months, whole thing. Yeah, And so, yeah, like having those conversations, that was really important. And so yeah. that's really important now too for, for couples, you know, to, if you're, if you're apart or if you're together, you still need to be having those conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. um, so yeah, that's a really big deal. No, it is. I, I see so
1: many things, even just on like Facebook groups and stuff that are like, well, how often does your, your pilot check in with you? And I'm like, every never, day never thought about it you know, but then there's others that are like, yeah, they go on three-day trips and then they're, they don't, they don't text at all. And so I don't understand that. Wouldn't even have thought, I wouldn't even thought to ask that. Like, Hey, you're not going to, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. How San Francisco sounds fun. You know, it's so easy to be like, especially when you're early on in having kids, you're like, wow, that sounds like a dream, a hotel all by myself, like money to go buy food. And then you really, really get to the root and you really, really ask them. I mean, in my case, I asked them like, how is it? And he's like, it's really lonely. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I really don't love not being someplace for four days without you guys. And so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all very much about community or connecting that's yes I love those questions we drove a car back from Florida um because he was there um based there for six months and he bought like this really like airport runner car and we ended up deciding to drive it back from Florida to Colorado and 22 hours in the car together in one day I asked Hundreds of those questions. Like, hundreds. yes, I love it. And he was like, "Okay, I just need like I just need an hour break. I need a break from talking about like all these connecting things. Just you read for a little bit. I'm gonna sit here in silence." Yes. and but
0: yes, I'm like those are my favorite road trip questions. All of them. But, but okay, so in full full transparency. Typically, women are the ones that find connection in those questions, whereas men find connection in doing something together. Uh So, And it's like, hey, babe, will you come sit outside while I work on the mower? Like that kind of thing. And you're like, I don't want to watch you work on the freaking mower. Like, why would I do that? Mm. It's that shoulder to shoulder friendship that they're looking for. That's what they need. And Mm it's not so much that with us. Like we we're talkers. We need, that makes me think you really
1: need to go do the yard work. I'm kind of a yard work princess. Mm. It's not my favorite thing to do. And
0: I get asked yeah. to help a
1: lot and I probably should go out. And yeah.
0: So your husband's life. not asking for help. He's asking for you to like do something together. I know. <laughs> and also when you guys are in an argument, it actually helps if you guys go take a walk together because you're walking in the same direction totally. and you're doing something together. So it actually helps him connect more. And yeah, it makes your your argument lessen. So a little tidbit for yeah. you there. Thanks. Yeah, You're so welcome. Um, okay. So one thing I wanted, uh, wanted to ask you in terms of sleep regressions and mm-hmm. like moving from like that you were talking earlier about the crib yeah like, when do you move because like I'm gonna be honest totally. if Zane is body trained like okay I can totally see where he would need to be in a you know in a in a toddler bed totally however I am terrified of taking this child out of his crib in fact right now he's like in baby jail like his mattress is on the floor all the mm-hmm. way on the floor and his crib is just around him because he is that that child
1: mm-hmm.
0: so mm-hmm. when do you know like when do you know to transition them to the toddler bed how are they how do you know that they're ready and again relating it back to marriage like how does like, what does your partner need to do to help? How do you both work as a team to do this? Yeah. So
1: I say as close to three as you can. Okay. uh, Because developmentally, they understand the reasoning of, I need to be in my room. Like Mm -hmm. mom and dad asked me or mom and mom asked me or partners asked me to like, my parents asked me to stay in my bed or in my room. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do that because I want to please them. Like there's like this piece of like honoring what they are asking me to do. um, And then you as a parent is like rewarding or trying to figure out how to get them to want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd say closest to three, I have a lot of parents that say like they crawled out and that's totally like, that's a safety concern. And sometimes you're going to need to do it early. Just know that it's going to be a little bit longer because they don't understand right away. Kind of like we don't rush potty training. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things that we can do that make it a less smooth transition is to take them out too early. Um, So when um, you and your partner are working through, figuring out like, let's go to the toddler bed, it is best if there are two people equally involved in this because it's exhausting and it involves like, every other night, or we do bedtime routine tonight. And one person takes on, you know, any night waking or anything at that piece. Um, but also toddlers will start to say, no, I only want this parent to put me to bed, or Mm -hmm. I only want this parent to put me to bed. Well, they don't, we work on figuring out like they don't get a choice on that. Um, both parents get to put the kid to bed and the kid doesn't necessarily do better for one or the other. Um, so that was, that's also very challenging is because like when a kid is like preferring one parent, not because they like them better, just because they figured out that that control works, then having like an every other night or, you know, like both doing bedtime routine or doing the night wakings that helps that both people feel like supported in that. Okay. That's
0: good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My first son um, climbed out of the crib, monkeyed, yeah. like, and he was like yeah. 18 months old. Yeah. That's, yeah. And I didn't think to put the mattress on the floor at that time. But, you know, when you have another one, like, the more kids you have, you the it. wiser you get, kind of thing. Yeah. So
1: I know yeah. it's a great time to
0: reach out and ask too. So, like, if you've ever
1: worked with a sleep specialist, so if you worked with Rocky Mountain CB Baby and you're like, oh, well, now my baby's, me out of the crib. That's a real, like something like, Hey, I have this question is, are they ready? Should we do this now? What should we do in the meantime? And that's a great way to like, follow up. The coolest thing about it is that you hire a sleep coach specialist and then they're not going anywhere. Like yeah, you work with them at nine months. You can work with them again. You can work with them again. Like they're not like, Hey, you want to put both kids in a room. Cool. Let's talk through that. Yeah.
0: So kind of talk about that. Talk about like sure. how the coaching works, how, you know, like kind of what you yeah. do for families and all of that.
1: Yeah. So we, um we start off with a discovery call and in that discovery call, we determine if it's going to be a good fit. Um, talking through like, what's your perfect world? What are things that you would like? And as a sleep specialist, I determine if like developmentally, that's that is a world, like a perfect world is achievable. And if it is achievable, we talk about that. And then we really work through like the process of working together. And what we do and what I love most about working with families is spending 90 minutes on a video consultation, talking through sleep education. So why are they doing this? Why does your toddler decide that like, they're doing great, they're doing great. And then suddenly they're not. Or what happens at eight o'clock that doesn't happen at seven o'clock? And why did they wake up? Why does my infant wake up every two hours? Why did they sleep great until five months and now they don't anymore? So giving parents this like knowledge base and context on at this age, what what should we be seeing? What is is okay for their age group? Um, And then we start working together. We work together all on Zoom over the phone and using Voxer and you use Voxer, right? So yeah, um, we use Voxer and I essentially after the consultation, I serve as like your constant friend that you have to check. You don't have to check in, but I will check in with you. So you have a really, really hard night and you need someone to tell you like, Oh man, like just to validate that that's a hard night. That's a hard night. Don't give up. I believe in you. I know you can do this. Let's be consistent. Remind you of what we're doing, why we're doing it, what's happening. Um, just like in the dark days and in the hard parts, sending that really great gift or celebrating of small win that I know will get us to like the ultimate goal. Um And so that's my favorite part about it is like forming a friendship and a relationship with my families that I'm still there with. So still contacting, still like, if something comes up, you can always reach back out to me and ask me, um, I really like just give everything to families because I want them to be successful. Like I've worked with families for 12 weeks in a row, um, since their baby was new. And then, we're still talking about how they're doing now, and they're, you yeah. know, two years old. So it's that's kind of the process of working together. Um, and then you can pick how long you want to work with me, or and then there's so many ways to do it in the future. And every week, Kendra on the Instagram does like you ask any question you want to, and she'll answer, yeah, it. like, yeah, literally free advice every single Monday. Um, why doesn't my kid want to fall asleep? What, what's happening? I'm going to go on a trip. What do I do with the time change? Like she'll answer it all for you. Yeah. It's amazing because it, we ultimately just want families to feel supported in this like crazy part because some, some kids are great at this. You're like, you talk to your cousin and they're like, oh my gosh, you never struggled with this. And you're like, cool. I'm drowning Yeah. And I don't know how to fix it. And I've Googled every single thing and I've talked to every single person and they all have different advice and all have different suggestions. And one did cried out one did taking care of babies and like one did the Ferber method. And I don't find that anything is going to work with my family. Yes. I work with your family. Like, yeah, we figure out what's best for your family. Um, within the means that we find developmentally appropriate for your kiddo's age. So that's, that's kind of what we do. And that's why I love most about it is just conversations that continue
0: to happen. I love that. And that that's honestly, marriage coaching is the same way because you can read all the marriage books in the world and you're like, that's great. Uh And it doesn't apply to us because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And so, how do you figure out what does work for you I know and why? And so, oh. yeah, that's, it's fantastic. And honestly, Maggie, I will say like, from a personal standpoint, that discovery call that we did with you, I mean, that's all we needed truly. Like after that, I was, I just needed the confidence to move Zane out of our room, but he didn't sleep for the first like 16 months of his life. And I was oh. dying because yeah. I was solo parenting all the time and so you know Mo was there and that was great when he was there but you know he's only there like 10 to 8 to 8 to 12 days a month mm-hmm. and so then when he was there it was like well this is new why is he doing that well this is new well this is yeah I'm like yeah I know bro I've been here for mm-hmm. the whole time and it is new you know this is why I'm a massive jack wagon because I am exhausted and my basic needs are not being met. And he would wake up all the time and be like, oh, I see my mom. So I can stand up in my crib and we can just have a party at, you know, 4.30 a.m. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, having that discovery call with you was the best thing that I ever did, honestly. And then, you know, just taking your advice. And now he's a great, like, he will tell you when he is done and he is ready to, my night. -night. My night. Like, Let's do this, and so let's go. But that's it. Yeah, he's a fantastic sleeper now. So good.
1: Yeah, it's you know, and then I can train kiddos in parents' room. Like if they're not ready and they're not like, hey, I'm not ready for this. That doesn't mean we have to move them to a new room or a new, you know, bed or like, hey, you don't have a huge home, and we need to figure out like how that baby's going to sleep in your home at where you're at.
0: Yeah. We've done that too. So yeah, yeah. we were in a tiny apartment when I called you like tiny two bedroom with a teenager. Well, Mm -hmm. no, I mean, I guess he was like 12 at the time when I called you, but yeah. Like so preteen, like trying to do all of that. It was a, it was like, I was like, how the crap is this ever going to work? And here. here we are. So yeah, here we are. Um, okay. So if people want to contact you, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, I'm on Instagram, um, but probably like looking on Rocky mountain sleeping baby, um, reading my bio, see if it's a great fit, just like learning and listening to what I, um, shared in there. Um, and then you book a discovery call either on the website or you can contact me through Instagram too. Okay. So Instagram at Rocky mountain sleeping baby. It's, Website. Yeah, I think it's Maggie Chapman and then Candras um, is um, with Kandra at Rocky mountain singing baby. Mine is just Maggie Chapman. Um, and you'll see an immediate picture of me and my family and probably a bunch of pictures of us at soccer games currently.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that For was our life up until about a month ago and yeah. now we play rec ball. So that's, you, you know, mean. it's, there's a very distinct season. Sure is. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for You're all welcome. of the information. I hope this helps people's marriages and.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. I hope so, too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Recognizing Potential podcast. If you found the content in this episode helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate it so much and it would absolutely make my day if you would share this episode by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social media. I'll leave ways to tag me in the show notes and I will talk to you next week.